Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You have one of the richest guys in the world who has created Google. If anyone can kind of make this happen, he can. And he just couldn't. Welcome to episode 62 of The Great Fail, a podcast that examines the greatest success stories and their spectacular fails. What led to the demise of the most prolific people, brands, and companies. I am your host, Deborah Chen, and this week we'll be looking at the once high-flying, promising new venture called Kitty Hawk. In April of 2017, a surprising announcement sent shockwaves through Silicon Valley. A mysterious flying car venture seized the spotlight with rumors that it had the blessing of Google co-founder himself, Larry Page. The world watched in skepticism yet bated breath as a video emerged to introduce the Kitty Hawk prototype. It was a moonshot, a potential dream turned reality for engineers, futurists, and tech enthusiasts who had only then imagined the impossible. But the presentation proclaimed that the impossible was now becoming a reality, with sales of a personal flying machine available later that year. This aircraft, with two pontoons and a spiderweb-like platform, had taken off from a lake, then hovering above the water where it was meant to be used. A marvel of engineering, this all-electric innovation promised to reduce traffic congestion and unleash the skies for those who dare to dream. This display was a glimpse into the future of personal transportation, and as the world leaned forward with great anticipation, it waited for what could only be Kitty Hawk's new bold moves and bright future ahead. Welcome to the story of Kitty Hawk. Revved up at the Google headquarters in 2016, in the scrapyard by 2022. (laughs) 
The initial following for this company was pretty niche. The technical and futuristic aspects, along with the presumably high price tag, limited its target audience. So when I heard about it for the first time recently, it captured and piqued my interest for a number of reasons. Number one, Kitty Hawk was such a secretive venture that not many people have heard of. And just as secretive as they were when publicizing the project details, they were even more guarded when the company abruptly announced that they were pulling the plug. The ending was so terse that even its employees who had dedicated years of their life to the mission were shocked. Second, the idea of flying cars is so futuristic and innovative that I could have never imagined as a kid watching the Jetsons that I could one day be witnessing the birth of the flying car, at least in my time. And then third, this one had the hallmarks of an incredible dramatic story, an ego-driven founder, a paradigm-shifting invention, endless amounts of capital, the best employees and leaders that money could buy, media sensationalism, and then an ending that left so many in the dust, wondering how they'd gotten taken for a joyride. You see, the failure of Kitty Hawk brought down with it grand visions and lofty aspirations. But what ultimately transpired was a confluence of impractical management, corrosive corporate culture, and an unforeseen denouement that left its employees devoid of any explanation. The same employees who dedicated years of their life in pursuit of a shared passion, now all collectively stumped. With Larry Page's financial backing and endless amounts of resources, how could this project have possibly failed? Let's look under the hood and see what led to the collapse of Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hawk was a company that was building flying cars, or as they like to refer to them sometimes as air taxis, because the idea is they are transporting people who are not necessarily flying the vehicles themselves. So the idea was to go out, experiment, and try and build a flying car that, you know, could effectively be sold to the public. That was kind of the end goal of Kitty Hawk. Founded in 2010 by former Google VP Sebastian Thrun, Kitty Hawk was a venture dedicated to the development of autonomous vehicles. However, it remained shrouded in secrecy for several years. That was until 2016 when it unveiled its aircraft known as the Flyer. The Flyer was designed for vertical takeoff and landing, and this caught the eye and ears of many, including Hugh Langley, a senior correspondent at Business Insider. There was a lot of buzz around Kitty Hawk for a few years. I cover Google at Business Insider, and as part of my beat, I've been very interested in what the co-founders, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, have been up to. So I've been keeping kind of half an eye on a lot of their various moonshot projects and Kitty Hawk, which Larry Page sprung up and funded, always really fascinated me. You know, his his dream to build flying cars. He's always been very interested in disrupting transportation and, you know, flying cars was always a big dream of his. 
Kitty Hawk really came on the scene in 2016. Bloomberg did a story that really revealed Larry Page was actually behind Kitty Hawk. Up until then, there'd been a buzz, a bit of buzz around these startups that were operating near Google's campus in Mountain View, California. But it wasn't quite clear who was behind them. And then in 2016, Bloomberg reveals that it's Larry Page, the co-founder of Google. And then from there, it all kind of takes off, really. Here were the specs upon the launch of this spectacular unveiling. The flyer was propelled by eight rotors and could take off and land vertically, like a helicopter. It weighed only about 220 pounds and could fly at speeds up to 25 miles per hour. But what caused a lot of buzz in Silicon Valley was the fact that it was backed by Larry Page. After it became clear that Larry Page was backing Kitty Hawk, then suddenly we saw a bunch of other players entering the market. It felt like, okay, this is exciting, something's happening here. We've got, you know, one of the co-founders of Google putting, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars into this. So clearly other people are like, oh, we should be playing this space as well. So money started pouring into the flying car industry. Kitty Hawk actually started as uh, an entity called The Aero in 2010. And then another entity called Kitty Hawk was sprung up, both by Larry Page. But the idea was to kind of build competing ideas, create a little bit of rivalry. Then they basically condensed into one entity named Kitty Hawk. And then after it becomes clear that Larry is involved, Kitty Hawk starts being a bit more public about what they're working on. They brought in Sebastian Thrun to run the company. Sebastian Thrun best known for being the leader of Google's moonshot division X many years ago and also spinning up Waymo, its self-driving car division. For those of you that don't know, Sebastian Thrun was sort of an icon himself. He was the man behind Google X. By the way, if you haven't listened to our Google Glass episode, that too was invented by Google X. And what it was, was a semi-secret R&D facility that focused on developing innovative, groundbreaking technologies. X, as it's often referred to as Google's moonshot factory, worked with ambitious projects that had the potential to solve some of the world's most pressing issues. Thrun was known as the godfather of self-driving cars. What's compelling to me personally was that the first version of the Flyer prototype was built using a surfboard and a collection of drone parts all cobbled together, and it was assembled in just one weekend. Thrun and Page were convinced that their science experiment was the start of something transformative, and there would be no stopping them. So Kitty Hawk's kind of out there. They've got Sebastian running it. Larry is funding it, and things are really starting to take off. They start talking about some of their projects. They get really into this one called Flyer, which is one that they kind of demoed publicly. It was a single-seater aircraft. It could fly over water, but it had a lot of limitations. But there was talk that, you know, they were going to sell this to the public. They had a wait list of people who were going to buy it. They were generating a lot of buzz. The problem Kitty Hawk proposed to solve was that of traffic congestion. You know, when you're sitting in gridlock traffic and you wish you could just ascend into the air? Well, these guys were looking to make that actual 
actually happen. The cars freed from the limitations of the road also promised to revolutionize the transportation of goods and make air travel more accessible to the general public. There were so many great features about the flyer. One of the really interesting things about Flyer and what was so appealing to Kitty Hawk about it was it was classed by the FAA as an ultralight, which meant that you didn't have to have a pilot's license to run it. So that meant that they could feasibly one day sell this to the public. And so long as they were using it within certain restrictions, like over water, then anyone could fly it. I mean, that was like, that was the dream of a flyer. Surely a dream. But like dreams, there were hidden meanings and omens that would soon have Kitty Hawk crashing down. Kitty Hawk, despite its ambitious goals and significant backing from Larry Page, faced several challenges that contributed to its initial struggles. First, there were the engineering hurdles. Developing a flying car is an extraordinarily complex task. The integration of automobile and aircraft technology presents numerous challenges, including safety, propulsion, control systems, and regulatory compliance. Kitty Hawk's ambitious goal of creating a personal flying machine would have to require overcoming some of these hurdles. But all companies face hurdles, and it's how you handle them that determines the outcome of your fate. And in this case, instead of solving the problem and committing through the design and engineering phase, it seemed that the company was constantly reinventing its purpose and designs. Kitty Hawk certainly faced a lot of engineering hurdles. You know, building flying cars is, is not easy. It re- requires a, a lot of work, a lot of problem solving. And it's, you know, it, it's a safety concern. You know, you're, you're putting people in a flying vehicle. So there's certainly plenty of hurdles there. There are also hurdles with regulation. You know, one of the issues in this space is when you come up with a design for a vehicle and then you kind of have to commit to that design and then you work to get clearance in the FAA to test that design, that process is, that's a long pipeline. You know, it can it can take years. And the problem there is, okay, you commit to that design, but once you've got that clearance, you can't then start playing with it. You, you have to stick with, with that idea. And the issue is you risk getting frozen into an idea, a, a design, while your competitors are leaping ahead with the next one. And that was always an issue with Kitty Hawk. We're focusing on this product, but, you know, there are other things that our competitors are doing to get ahead and other ideas we're having to get ahead and other ideas we're having for the next thing. And, and that resulted in this, like, constant pivoting inside. You know, when they killed the Flyer project, you know, that was a real that was a real blow to a lot of employees and a real surprise as well. Like, you know, I think a lot of them knew that there were issues with the Flyer, but they thought they would just kind of keep working at it and, and really kind of turn Flyer into something that was really good and they could actually sell. And instead, Sebastian Thrun turns around one day and says, nope, we're killing it. And I think that was a bit of a wake-up call for a lot of people. Here's an example of how the company handled its issue with battery life for the flyer. So the closest that Kitty Hawk got to launching an actual product was probably the flyer, which was, it was a single pilot air taxi. And the big thing about flyer was it was classified by the FAA as an ultralight, which meant that you didn't have to have a pilot's license to fly it. So that was really appealing to them. They were like, okay, you know, we could sell this. You don't need a license to run it. And they, they kind of got out there and they did some demo days and let the public try it. But 
there were a lot of limitations with it. The battery life was very short. I think, you know, some employees estimated it only got up to about 20 minutes. Um, it had to be flown over water. It couldn't go super high. And, you know, they were having some technical issues with it as well, especially around the battery. So, uh, you know, they tried to come up with this business model for it. You know, were they going to sell it to people? They had a, they had a short list of uh, a wait list uh, of people who, who put their names down to buy one. But then they start thinking, well, you know, maybe it's better to use this as like an experience thing. Like what if people paid to just rent one out and, and flew it around San Francisco Bay and there was like an audio tour and you can get a little history lesson. They were thinking about all these other ideas, but ultimately they just decided that it, it wasn't viable. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Then there was the question of market viability. Initially, when the company unveiled the flyer, it was supposed to be this extraordinary product that would allow people to cruise around the sky. The concept of a personal flying machine was so intriguing and what was sold to the public to get them excited. But the company kept shifting directions, like when they decided to make it catered for tourist attractions rather than for general purpose use. These were the vital details that were in constant flux, a moving goalpost that prevented the team from working through the sustainability or execution of the product. So around 2019, Kitty Hawk announced plans to shut down the flyer and simultaneously announced that it would be launching a new venture an electric aircraft called Heaviside. This would be an autonomous winged one-seater that was designed to be 100 times quieter than helicopters while moving faster than one. Perhaps they thought a pivot could refocus and save the company. So they shot Flyer down in 2019 after realizing there's just too much wrong with it. It doesn't seem viable actually as a product they can sell because of just all these limitations. And then they decide, okay, we're going to go all in on autonomous flying cars as the way forward. Sebastian Thrun, the CEO, obviously has all the history in that division. 
So they start working on this idea of uh, another flying vehicle called Heaviside, which would actually be quieter than flyer and would be autonomously piloted. Despite that pivot, there were other challenges that were surfacing. Leadership within the internal structure was beginning to crack and leak into the outside world. The other issue inside Kitty Hawk was this leadership dynamic where you have Larry Page, one of the world's richest men, funding the company, you know, wholesale. Like, all the money was coming from Larry. Sebastian Thran, who was the CEO, he wanted to kind of turn this more into a business. Like, he wanted to find ways to raise money outside of Larry. You know, he was really interested in the business model. Larry was a little less interested in that stuff. And I think that led to a difficult dynamic within the company. And I think a lot of the pivots, if you look at the history of the company, through that lens, it makes a lot more sense because I think, you know, a lot of the pivots can be explained by this tug of war between are we a business or are we a Willy Wonka fun house, as one employee once described it to me, of, of ideas. Like, and that's the thing. Larry wanted ideas. Larry doesn't need to make money. Larry wants to push the industry forward. He wants to disrupt aviation and travel and transportation. And this is the, always the internal tension at, at Kitty Hawk. The dynamic at Kitty Hawk between CEO and its funder underscores the delicate balance that companies must strike between entrepreneurship and visionary innovation. In this case, the internal tensions of a leadership vision misaligned with strategy and caused internal tensions that hindered the company. In the early days of the company, Larry was very involved. He was still working at Google at the time, but he was showing up, you know, at Kitty Hawk as well, and he was tinkering on benches, and he was working with a lot of the teams. And as, as time went on, he became less and less involved. He became more reclusive in the industry. And that meant he was channeling a lot of his ideas through the leadership team, through Sebastian, Chris Anderson, the CTO, and others as well. And that also created a few tricky dynamics because they had to really interpret what he wants. Larry is being criticized at times at Google and at Kitty Hawk as maybe not being the clearest communicator. He, he has these big, sometimes amazing ideas, but like you have to learn, uh, one employee you know, described it as learning to speak Larry. That created a communication breakdown sometimes because Larry would throw an idea at someone in the leadership team and they would have to go away and be like, okay, how do we turn this into into something that's, you know, tangible, a product or, or an idea? And sometimes that there was miscommunication. And sometimes, you know, I heard stories of Larry showing up and being like, oh, why are you working on that? You know, I just threw that idea out there. Or sometimes there was a sense that people, maybe some of the leadership team misunderstood what Larry wanted. So frequently, we hear about the ways that leaders fail to communicate with their teams and how it impacts the business. Page was not a great communicator. His visionary ideas were also perceived as being detached from practicality. But he had really deep pockets, with reports saying that he was funding Kitty Hawk somewhere in the ballpark of $300 million. So although it was hard to take Page's crazy antics seriously, the capital he provided gave him a very prominent seat at the table. Some would argue the only seat at the table that mattered, which, as we know, is never a good sign. And then suddenly employees are getting annoyed because Larry's telling them to do all these things. And like one of the meetings that was held in, in May of 2022, some of the employees were like, 
Larry's asking us to defy the laws of physics. Like, what do we do here, you know? And Sebastian's like, you've just kind of got to do it. You've just got to execute and see this through. And Larry's trying to get them to try all these, like, new ideas. But we're back to kind of the early days, the sort of 2010, 2011 days of, of, of what Kitty Hawk was, which is like throwing hobby drones at surfboards and sticking, gluing all these bits together and just trying to, like, come up with something that's, like, a leap ahead, you know? Like, one of the ideas Larry wanted them to try was kind of plucked from the mind of Nikola Tesla, who's a real kind of um, icon of Larry's, um, which was for what's known as a tail sitter, where instead of, you know, the pilot kind of getting in and sitting in the uh, in the vehicle, what if the cockpit was sort of upright in a vertical kind of vehicle and they stood inside it instead, and then it sort of takes off that way and, and, and rotates to a horizontal position in the air. That way you've got, you know, less, it's taking up less passing space on the ground. So they were playing with all of these kind of like certainly more out there ideas than, than anything they'd done before. There were other alarms as well, as some employees claimed that Page dismissed safety concerns raised by Kitty Hawk's environment, health, and safety manager. The vehicle had major limitations too. For one, it couldn't operate for longer than 20 minutes at a time and could only be flown over water at 20 miles per hour. It lacked wings, resulting in limited range. And more disturbingly, its batteries could cause fire due to the use of brittle mechanics to save on weight. Employees said that engineers, in order to save on weight, would dispense with the protective shielding commonly used in lithium-ion battery cells in cars and bundling them together with tape. This meant that if one caught on fire, the other would too. The environment, health, and safety manager was let go, and the other workers were dismissed for expressing their concerns. This came at a time when Kitty Hawk wanted to move forward with great urgency. There was this mismatch at times over what exactly they wanted Kitty Hawk to be. And I think what Larry's vision for the company was, wasn't always kind of executed on in the way that it was actually being run. You know, in the last few months, as I reported, you know, Larry kind of showed up and started getting really hands-on again. And they put their, their current vehicle, known as Heaviside, kind of put it on ice for a bit. And instead it was like, okay, we need to think bigger here. Larry's, Larry shows up again. He basically starts running the company, almost like a CEO. And he starts pushing the team to execute on these kind of weirder ideas or more kind of out there concepts and there's some interesting kind of tension um in early 2022 where some employees are just like i'm sick of this i'm leaving you know there's no vision here you know sebastian offers them exit packages for anyone who wants to leave some of them take it you're down to like fewer than 100 employees by maybe may of 2022 In April of 2022, Thrun gathered all staff members to announce the official discontinuation of their most promising project, the Heaviside Taxi Initiative, and that they would be going back to R&D in pursuit of a new breakthrough. During this gathering, employees were presented with a new policy, prominently stating that, quote, follow the instructions of Larry Page blindly, even if they seem ridiculous. This policy angered its employees and ignited resentment, so much so that an engineer walked out mid-meeting. Morale was shot, 
and the once full staff of 450 was now down to just under 100. Despite all the hype, all its exciting promise for the leap into the future, the company struggled to find a clear business path or a marketable product or even a safe product, ending all development. Kitty Hawk ran through a series of promising prototypes, but through the conflicting visions, kept shifting priorities. The most interesting thing to me about this whole story is just the fact that it didn't work. Like, it's just the fact that Larry pulled the plug eventually. Like, you're talking about one of the richest guys in the world. He co-founded Google. He has billions and billions of dollars. Like, he has endless money to fund this, you know. And the day they announce that Sebastian tells employees that they're they're shutting the company down, you know, some of them start texting me and saying, we're shutting down. And I, I actually didn't believe it. I thought, I actually thought I was being pranked. I was like, there's no way Larry would pull the plug on this. Like, he could fund this for the rest of his life and then some. But... So I was generally quite surprised that just this whole thing didn't take off. You have one of the richest guys in the world who has created Google. You think, like, if anyone can kind of make this happen, he can. And he just couldn't. And I think it just goes to show that, you know, even with unlimited funds and the ability to kind of hire whoever you want, it's not enough. Kitty Hawk was really beset by just a really poor kind of management structure. In a poetic parallel to their secret origins, the conclusion of Kitty Hawk was similarly enigmatic. The company posted on LinkedIn, we have made the decision to wind down Kitty Hawk. We're still working on the details of what's next. Kitty Hawk is a cautionary tale that's becoming all too familiar one that shows how substantial funding and high-profile leadership alone cannot replace the need for a well-defined business model and effective management. I think there's a real interesting lesson there in terms of, like, just running a company. Like, Larry was running the company, but he wasn't really running it. Like, all the money was coming from him, and he was sort of directing it from afar, especially in the late years. But, you know, it was up to Sebastian and the leadership team to really kind of understand what he really wanted and turn that into a product or a business. It's a stark reminder that you can't just be in the cockpit trying to make it through on autopilot. You have to have your hands firmly on the throttle and know how to land the plane. Special thanks to Hugh Langley, senior reporter at Business Insider, for his contributions to this episode and providing commentary on what led to the downfall of Kitty Hawk. And thank you for tuning in this week to The Great Fail, a program that spotlights some of the most infamous case studies of failed businesses, brands, and ideas, and goes beyond that to garner lessons and wisdom so that we all can learn from the greatest mistakes. The Great Fail is part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcast. 
The research on each episode is extensive, but none of these episodes would be possible without the tireless efforts of researchers, writers, and reporters. They are all credited on thegreatfail.com under our show notes. Connect with us at The Great Fail on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so that we can continue bringing you more episodes. And remember, with great failure comes great liability. I must-